Good morning. Welcome to our service of worship here at All Saints Church at Sunnyview Manor. As always, it is a joy uh, and a gift to worship with you, pray with you, uh, to be together in community and in fellowship. Uh, I don't know about you, but I've been pretty pumped watching the NBA finals or all of the uh, playoffs. Uh, Carol and I were really just back there, you know, barely about to start the service because we got all caught up in warrior excitement. Uh, So the Golden State Warriors continue. It's exciting. This morning we continue through the season of Easter, the season that charts our celebration of the resurrection of Jesus that we've been uh, planting ourselves on for the past several weeks. And so today we continue that uh, celebration with the hymn, Joyful, Joyful, We Adore Thee.
the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. And also with you. We are the church that lives in God's future today. Come before God and sing with your hearts. Know that the Lord is God. O oh Lord God, you teach us that without love our actions gain nothing. Pour into our hearts your most excellent gift of love, that, made alive by your Spirit, we may know goodness and peace through your Son, Jesus Christ, our Savior and Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. And now for our first scripture reading. The first reading is Acts 11, 1 through 18. Now the apostles and the believers who were in Judah heard that the Gentiles had also accepted the word of God. So when Peter went to Jerusalem, the circumcised believers criticized him, saying, Why do you go to the circumcised men and eat with them? Then Peter began to explain it to them step by step, saying, I was in the city of Joppa, praying, and in a trance I saw a vision. There was something like a large sheet coming down from heaven, being lowered by its four corners, and it came close to me. As I looked at it closely, I saw four-footed animals, beasts of prey, reptiles, and birds of the air. I also heard a voice saying to me, Get up, Peter, kill and eat. But I replied, By no means, Lord, for nothing profane or unclean has ever entered my mouth. But a second time the voice answered from heaven, What God has made clean, you must not call profane. This happened three times. Then everything was pulled up again to heaven. At that very moment, three men sent to me from Caesarea arrived at the house where we were. The Spirit told me to go with them and not to make a distinction between them and us. These six brothers also accompanied me, and we entered the man's house. He told us how he had seen the angels standing in his house and saying, Send to Joppa and bring Simon who is called Peter. He will give you a message by which you and your entire household will be saved. As I began to speak, the Holy Spirit fell, fell upon them, just as it had upon us at the beginning. And I remembered the words of the Lord, how he had said, Joseph bat baptized with water, but you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. If then God gave them the same gift that he gave us when we believed in the Lord Jesus Christ, who was, that, who was I that I could hinder God? When they heard this, 
they were silent. And they praised God, saying, Then God has given even to the Gentiles the repentance that leads to life. This is the word of the Lord. And now our psalm for today, Psalm 148, read responsibly. Praise the Lord, praise the Lord from the heavens, praise him in the heights. Praise him all the angels, praise him all the hosts. Praise him, sun and moon, praise him, all you shining stars. Let them praise the name of the Lord, for he commanded and they were created. Praise the Lord from the earth, you sea monsters and all deeps. Mountains and all hills, fruit trees and all cedars. Kings of the earth and all peoples, princes and all rulers of the earth. Let them praise the name of the Lord, for his name alone is exalted. His glory is above earth and heaven. He has raised up a horn for his people. Praise for all his faithful, for the people of Israel who are close to him. Praise the Lord. And now for our next hymn, All Creatures of Our God and King. Oh, 
And now for our second scripture reading. Gospel according to John, the 13th chapter. When he had gone out, Jesus said, Now the Son of Man has been glorified, and God has been glorified in him. If God has been glorified in him, God will also glorify him in himself, and will glorify him at once. Little children, I am with you only a little longer. You will look for me, and as I said to the Jews, so now I say to you, Where I am going, you cannot come. I give you a new commandment, that you love one another. Just as I have loved you, you also should love one another. By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples, if you have love for one another. The Gospel of our Lord. At the heart of Christian faith and tradition is a simple and beautiful invitation. That invitation is highlighted in two of our lectionary texts in two different ways today. There's the passage of Jesus' teaching, which we just read in John chapter 13, and there's the passage from John's vision in Revelation 21. They are connected in a very powerful way. And we're going to take a look at each of them and then finish by noticing the bridge that connects these two different texts. In John chapter 13, we're reading a small portion of Jesus' final words to his disciples before he dies on the cross. John 13 is part of what we call the farewell discourse. Several chapters which give us teachings of Jesus while sitting around the table of the Passover meal on the original Maundy Thursday. It is this text in John 13 which gives us the origin of the name Maundy for Maundy Thursday. I know it sounds like I might be saying Monday Thursday, which is goofy and nonsensical, of course. You can't have a Monday on a Thursday. It isn't Monday, it's Maundy. Maundy comes from the Latin word for command. And in this passage, Jesus says, I give you a new commandment, that you love one another. 
Just as I have loved you, you also should love one another. By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples, if you have love for one another. That's it. That's the command. Love one another. Simple to remember, but at times quite difficult to live out, right? It's easy to love one another when we're laughing together, having fun together. There's no conflict or miscommunication. But sometimes it is really difficult to love one another. Like when someone says something to us that hurts us, or someone is rude to us, or various other scenarios. At the heart of our faith is this command, and it was so important that this command received an annual holiday meant to remind us of its importance. But Maundy Thursday is just a reminder. It isn't meant to be the one and only time that we think about Jesus' command. This is the heart of what it means to follow Jesus. We're invited to love one another. Jesus goes one step further to say, by this love, everyone will know that you are my disciples. This is meant to be our calling card, our name tag, our big bright flag to the world to see. Our love for one another is meant to be what sets us apart. It's meant to be in our DNA. It's supposed to be our M.O., what we are known for. But that's not always the case, is it? So we need to ask ourselves, why not? Why do followers of Jesus choose many things other than love? We choose being right over loving each other. We choose rules and regulations over loving each other. We choose legalism and uniformity and division and many other things over the simple command to love one another. There are probably just as many reasons why we neglect this command as there are things that we focus on other than the command. But one thing is for sure, Jesus prioritizes this command in his own life and example. And when we knew, when he knew, when he knew he was about to die, he chose to spend some of his final minutes focusing our attention on what was most important. Love one another. I have this sneaking suspicion that if we took time to consciously reflect on this command at least once every day, even for like a minute, that we would live in a very different world. This is Jesus' command to us, and we need to take that very seriously. Now let's go to Revelation 21. As I said at the beginning, two texts from the lectionary are deeply connected. We've taken a brief look at John 13, and the second text is the first several verses of Revelation chapter 21. This is, without a doubt, one of my all-time favorite passages of Scripture. This text is in a large book containing a vision John has while in exile. Portions of what John sees in chapters 21 and 22 are absolutely stunning and inspiring. In our text, John said, I saw a new heaven and a new earth. I saw the holy city coming down out of heaven from God. God himself will dwell with his people. He will wipe away every tear from their eyes. Death will be no more. 
Mourning and crying and pain will be no more. See, I am making all things new. I read this passage and consistently find myself saying, Wow. (laughs) Wow. Just wow. That's God's goal? That's God's plan. That sounds absolutely crazy amazing. There's no other way to put it. It seems so far away, though, so distant, so lofty to think of a world where there's no more crying, no more tears, no more death, no more pain. It seems, at times, too good to be true. It makes me wonder, how, Lord, how does this come to be? And that, my friends, is where John 13 and Revelation 21 intersect. You see, we human beings have a habit of messing things up. Church history is filled with examples of what not to do. We see numerous examples and near entire generations of people who claim to be Christians doing things that clearly did not align with this command to love one another. But God gives us a picture of what it will look like in the end. In the end, God will dwell with us in a city of light made of absolute pure joy. In the end, death itself will die. Tear ducts will no longer be necessary. Ibuprofen, Advil, Tylenol will be discontinued. All injuries and illnesses will be no more. No more need for surgery or therapy of any kind. People will live in absolute and total peace with God and each other. That is reason for hope, amen? Amen. But we aren't there yet. That vision is still in the future. So what do we do right here, right now? Well, Jesus told us, love one another. This is where John 13 and Revelation 21 intersect. The invitation of Jesus to love one another right here, right now. That's how we lean into that future vision. We may not be able to make that picture happen all by ourselves, but we certainly are able to lean toward it. In the wonderfully creative story written by Dr. Seuss called The Lorax, Dr. Seuss uh, created a story that was all about care for the environment, had a wonderful character at the center who had this gruff little voice and bushy mustache, and it was made into a movie. In the movie... The Lorax, who's sort of the wise character in Dr. Seuss's story, he says something that I love and that I think plays right into this intersection of these two texts in Scripture. The Lorax is talking to the other main character, and he says, which way does a tree fall? The other character says, I don't know, down. The Lorax replies, the tree falls the way it leans. Be careful which way you lean. So the question is, Which way are we leaning? Are we leaning toward the vision that Jesus gives John? Are we leaning into love for one another? Love for God? Love for ourselves? That's built into the great commandment. You're to love others as you love yourself. You can't love others unless you love yourself. We're called to do all of that. So the question is, where are we leaning? Which direction are we leaning? It's a very important You could call it a soul diagnostic question. Which way am I leaning? Am I leaning toward love or something else? Am I leaning toward love? 
even when my neighbors and friends and people I encounter rub me the wrong way? Am I leaning toward love even when I don't get what I want? Am I, am I leaning toward love even when I don't like something? Am I leaning toward love even when it's hard and uncomfortable? Which way am I leaning? In the end, the direction we lean will make all the difference. So I encourage you to take time to think about that this week. And may we all lean into the love of God for us and the love God gives us to share with others. Amen? Amen. Let's continue our service of worship by singing the hymn, Beautiful Savior.
Apostles' Creed. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, Creator of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, His only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit and born of the Virgin Mary. He suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended to the dead. On the third day he rose again, he ascended into heaven, and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Christian Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Praise God from whom all blessings flow. As we come to the time of the prayers of the congregation, I recognize that when we gather for worship, we come as human beings who deal with various challenges in our own lives, as well as we have connections and relationships with people elsewhere. And so when we gather, maybe we come and we're not all there together ourselves. Maybe we're dealing with our own grief or frustration or challenge or hardship. Or maybe when we gather for worship like we're doing today, uh, we recognize that someone in our life who we care about is struggling too. And so, whatever situations those may represent for you or for loved ones in your life, if there's a way in which you would like prayer, uh, I invite you to raise your hand at this time so that I can pray for you. Okay, let us pray. 
Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, we thank you for your grace, your faithfulness, and your love. For each of our brothers and sisters who've raised their hands, we pray for those situations. For them who are going through things themselves, Lord, we pray for grace, for strength, for perseverance, for hope, for healing. Lord, I pray for the various situations represented in these hands of concern for a loved one, whether it's a family member or a friend or or someone in their life, Lord, who they want to pray for. We know, Lord, that you know every one of these situations. You know the needs, you know the ailments, you know the challenges and hardships. And so we lift these prayers to you, and we entrust them to your care. We pray that you give us faith to trust you. And we pray that you would meet needs, that you perform miracles, that you would speak words of comfort and encouragement, that you would work in, in and through all of the situations represented by the raising of these hands. And we thank you, Lord, that you hear every one of our prayers. We pray this in Jesus' name, and all God's people said, Amen. Amen. Now join me in praying the Lord's Prayer together. Let us pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. And now for our closing hymn, O Jesus, I Have Promised. Oh, my God.
Now receive the benediction. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. Amen. Go in peace. Serve the Lord. Thank you.